It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Fantasy Points Podcast. I'm your host today, Scott Barrett, joined by Wes Huber, our dynasty, our draft guru over here at Fantasy Points. Wes Huber, formerly of Pro Football Focus, no one better in the space at breaking down tape, uh, analyzing Devi prospects, analyzing rookie prospects. Uh, but, however, uh, this is very early in my process. Uh, I, I imagine for West, too, who grinds, you know, 60 hours of, of tape per week during the, the dynasty offseason. But uh, just for me, I, I really think maybe the best thing I do, at least in comparison to the field, in comparison to the rest of the industry, is I think my prospect model is freaking awesome. Uh, it takes me a ton of time. A lot of work goes into it. A lot of important tweaking, uh, different things like that. I have my pre-combine model. I have a post-combine model that then factors in height, weight, BMI, athleticism. Uh, and then the, the final version of the model gets updated for draft capital, which is a very important variable. But like I said, I'm very, very early into my process. Just a very rough draft. My model, there's there's specific players I need to make tweaks for. You know, if they only played four games in their final season due to injury, something of that nature, I'll, I'll have to tweak it. And uh, or, you know, th- they had the worst offensive line in football. It might be a tweak, just just different different things like that. Uh, I, I, I usually incorporate strength of schedule. Uh, haven't incorporated that to a massive degree uh, yet. Uh, just a bunch of different things like that. So this is a very rough draft of my model, but. But that's where we're going to go over today. We're going to look at basically the rough draft of my running back, wide receiver, tight end model. And we're going to talk to to Wes, who uh, is going to give us some information on all these guys, who he has, uh, what, what he agrees with, what he doesn't, where he is sort of rough draft as well in terms of his evaluation. He still has to write up like basically every draft eligible running back, wide receiver, tight end, and watch all the tape. Uh, is that right, Wes? Uh, anything else you want to speak to? No, and, and I'm I'm looking forward to this. I always do look forward to to hearing what you have because you know you you have a very unique approach to evaluating the prospects, and I like to hear it. I like to hear who you're you're high on, who your your model likes, and and you know kind of go back and forth on the player, and then um, you know it, it it sets it sets a baseline for us. So when we get further along into the process. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get closer to where we want to be before the draft. And, um, this is, this is just a, a really fun time. And, um, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna write, write up as, uh, as, as thorough of, of articles, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, draft profiles on the players this year. Cause I want to get some more players. I want to, I want to, so I'm going to hit on the key points when I do get into it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to take out some of the filler because, you know, I don't, I, and, and, you know, and I've gotten some feedback from the team and, um, you know, from my, uh, my, my five bosses, great guys. And, and then they're all telling me, you know, we, it, it's, it's good to know some of the background stuff, but it's not going to help us with really the, the player evaluation. So I'm going to avoid that this year. I'm going to, I'm going to really, I'm really going to focus on, 
on uh, uh, what 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 is going to make that player good in the NFL, and uh, you know, and and what, what we can expect, stuff like that. But yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm 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 more prepared with quarterbacks and wide receivers right now. Haven't dug into the film, but um, data wise, I'm good. I've got everything I need for them too. And then I'm going to get into the running backs and the tight ends, so that when I do watch the film, um, I can I can start building some opinions and then go look at the data and say, okay, is that is is it saying what I'm seeing on film and and then if it's not there, if I need, if I'm still missing some details, and I, I know I need to go back into the film and watch some more games, but uh, um, yeah, I, I I just like to marry marry everything together, and 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 hearing this this uh, uh, you know the results of your model, it, it, it's helpful towards that. Yeah, I did just want to say I, I actually loved your background on the various prospects. So uh, maybe just hit on key points, but but don't lose that because some of that was invaluable uh in terms of feeding things into my model uh like drake london for instance like he what he played basketball as a mm-hmm. freshman at ucla or he was at least like a highly USC. regarded mm-hmm. basketball prospect usc mm-hmm. uh, and then he committed to football full-time like that's something where okay he didn't have an early breakout age but it's more understandable yeah yeah he when when he came out of high school he he was like fighting to uh to have to have the ability to play both and 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 he didn't go he he crossed some schools off the list that wouldn't allow him to play basketball but then obviously you know he he started he started playing football and they're like dude you've got it you've got a future you know and and he was like okay this is what i'm focusing on here right so so that's that's something definitely uh keep in your your player blurbs because that 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 helps me a lot um, but yeah, let's, let's dive in. Let's start with, uh, the least sexy of the, uh, three flex eligible positions and that's tight end, uh, just a, a precursor. I'll kind of just give you what goes into this model. Uh, but I won't do it for the other positions. Just this one's a little more basic. And so the pre combine model for tight ends is not as predictive as for running backs and wide receivers. Uh, and that that speaks nothing of my model. It just speaks to the position, uh, the tight end position. Athleticism is for, far more important than for running backs and especially wide receivers. Uh, so that does more heavy lifting uh, for for this specific position. Uh, it, this model says strength of schedule, you know, level of competition is far less important than for the other positions. So like there's frequently successful non-power five tight ends, but that is certainly not the case for wide receivers. The model really penalizes small school wide receivers. And I believe as it should, Um, one of the variables, uh, best season yards per route run, another variable, uh, final season yards per game. There's a few more variables, but those are the two really doing the heavy lifting here. And so just, again, rough draft of the model. Uh, my tight end one, who fairly high-level prospect, uh, a non-Power 5 guy, um, but one who put up really impressive numbers, uh, not quite on, on Kyle Pitts' level, but really not far off, especially in terms of uh, recent uh, tight end prospects who've had some success. Uh, that's Trey McBride. Uh he had a, a 1,125 receiving yards in his final season. Only one touchdown. I don't, I don't know how that happens for a tight end. Uh, Wes, what are your thoughts on Trey McBride as tight end one? And, and what are your thoughts on Trey McBride as a pro- prospect? 
Okay, so I'm not. Uh, I don't. I have him uh, more as like my one B. I have Charlie Kohler ahead of him out of Iowa Ooh. State, and um, uh, I, I I like his. I like. I like. Okay, so uh, one thing to consider is Trey McBride, eight point seven air yards per target. Charlie Kohler, ten point five. Um, Kohler's a. He's a. He's more of a threat deeper, and 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 I think I think his ceiling is higher in fantasy. Um, but that that's not to take anything away from McBride. Uh, I think he's got a lot of potential, and and he's coming into the to the into the season here as as the favorite here to to be the first tight end off the board. But um, and and both of them both of them have the ability to block and um, and and you know and I can make the argument for uh, uh, that's why athleticism seems to. Uh, be more important at tight end, but yeah, I'm not going to get into all that. Um, you know, as far as a, a you know, taking a stance type of thing, um, I think I think that both of these guys are are the the clearly ahead of the pack here. But you know, again, okay, so I've, I've watched a lot of Iowa State games. You know, we got Brees Hall, Brock Purdy. He used to be at he at one time was a, a big time guy that everyone thought was going to you know do something. His his stars died out some, so. But still, you know, I mean, Brees Hall's like scored a touchdown every single game. I mean, he, there was a lot of draw to me watching Iowa State. So I, lot of, I saw a lot of Charlie Kohler, and, and I was just blown away when he was on the field. When he's healthy, I mean, he was, a, he was such an impact player. Um, and, uh, and so much experience too. He's, he's older than, than McBride, but, um, yeah, I mean the, the, the offense there at Colorado state was, um, you know, dink and dunk and, and, uh, it, it, it's, it obviously, you know, like you said, strength of schedule, that's something that's going to have to be factored, but Trey McBride, he's got, he's already got all the attention and that's, and that's, you know, 95% of the process here. Right. Uh, so Charlie Kohler, I'll say is. My tight end three right now, uh, very close with my tight end four, but he is my tight end three. Tight end two, another small school wide receiver, uh, non-power five at least, Isaiah Likely out of Coastal mm-hmm. Carolina, 2.99 yards per route run last year, really good, um, 7.2 receiving yards per game. What are your thoughts on Isaiah Likely? You don't have him 1A or 1B. No, I like him. And uh, 138 like points – What's that? A stupid joke. Yeah, I you, like you likely. likely him. Him? Yeah, I have him as as a tight end four. But you know what? I wouldn't make an argument for him as as tight end three. Uh, I have Jalen Weidermeyer above him. Um, he he had a he had a messed up year. The year before, scored a ton of touchdowns. Um, yeah, he 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 was working with Kellen Mond, and uh, yeah, he had a he had a really good year. Probably should have come out. I I I'm I'm wondering if if he regrets that. Um, but yeah, he had, he messed up his thumb, a really bad cut during the off season and, uh, had to have some like, like muscle surgery and stuff on his, on his hand, on his thumb and, and just wasn't the same player. Um, uh, you know, obviously didn't play as much, missed some games and then, but yeah, I, I really, I, I was, I was really impressed by likely 138.6 targeted passer rating this past year. I mean, that's, that's just, that's ridiculous. It was uh, yeah, I mean, Rucker one one hundred five point six, but Watermeyer, McBride, and and Kohler were all below a hundred. And here's Isaiah Likely one thirty eight point six. I mean, this guy was just he was an efficiency machine 
Uh, and, and, you know, he didn't come out this year, but man, the quarterback at Coastal Carolina is somebody we, I mean, we don't need to go into him, but he's going to be somebody we're talking about next year. So, I mean, you know, likely had a, he had a, he had a, a good quarterback getting the ball. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so he's, he's definitely in the argument here in the top three, no question. I, I love it. Two, two, uh, a group of five tight ends here at just, uh, drawing serious NFL attention. I love it. But, but again, the, the model really does say level of competition is far less important for the tight end position. And we've seen a number of mm-hmm. successful tight ends come out uh, who, who did not have that pedigree. Um, I didn't even mention it. 6.9 yards after the catch per reception. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Wow. This guy uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the word on the street is like he's very raw. He's, it's going to take him a couple of years to break out, but could be a high-level pass-catching tight end one. That's Isaiah Likely we're talking about. But uh, moving over to Jalen Weidermeyer, uh, a prospect who my model does not like. Uh, I mean, high, he had at least basically 450 receiving yards every single season, even as a true freshman, but uh, a season high of 515. You, you talked about some of the complicating factors that went into that and why, but uh, my model, you know, it looks at some players or so there are some players, my model really liked and clearly missed on. And when they're from the same team and from the, the same coaching staff, that's a red flag to me. Like my model, for some reason, always overrates Mike Leach running backs. So I've just mm-hmm. learned to uh, bump down Mike Leach running backs and it's been successful for me. So on this point, Jay Sternberger, uh, he had uh, 836 receiving yards in his final season. Contrast that to Weidermeyer's 515, way better yards per route run, but it was with Jimbo Fisher in both seasons. So, uh, And obviously Sternberger hasn't panned out in the NFL. So that is a concern for me. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that with the UCLA tight end in, in a minute. Uh, any other thoughts there? Yeah, you know, Watermeyer, he's a little different though. He's he's not a Sternberger type player. And when I was when I was writing him up uh for the for the draft guide last year, I didn't like he doesn't he doesn't really like jump off the page because uh, a lot of his value is 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 as a blocker and um you know, and he, he's he's more of a traditional tight end and and you know, so he's not he he doesn't really fit the mold of the McBride, Kohler and likely um, you know, the guys that are, that, that, that really like to get downfield. So, um, you know, it's, he's a different type of player and, and, uh, so I, he's not, he's not going to be the flavor for everybody, but I think, um, uh, he's going to end up starting in the NFL. And, and so, you know, he's somebody that we're going to be, uh, uh, you know, hearing a lot about just because of that. And, 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 you know, it, 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 he's a different type of player. He scores a lot of touchdowns, so he's not going to put up big yardage, though, so um, or big reception totals. Okay, so just to recap, uh, my rough draft model, one, Trey McBride, two, Isaiah Likely, uh, three, your guy, Cho- Charlie Kolar, and number four, tight end four, would be Greg Dulcich out of UCLA, uh, I believe a, a walk-on. Um, and a favorite of Danny Kelly, good friend of the show, good friend of me personally, is a huge fan of him. His numbers are actually better than Charlie Kolar, but uh, part of the reason why he ranks behind him is what I was just speaking to, <clears throat> and that's that my model loved Kate, Caleb Wilson. Actually, my model's number one biggest 
miss was Caleb Wilson. Uh, so he had in the same coaching staff uh, under Chip Kelly at UCLA in 2018, 965 yards in his final season. That's like 250 more than Dulcich. Uh, better yards per route run. Um, better yards per game. Uh, he's another power five tight end like Kolar. Uh, and unlike the, 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 the first two we mentioned. Um, but I mean, I watched tape on him ju- just because Danny likes him so much. And his tape looks dra- dramatically different from, from Caleb Wilson. He's used on all three levels of the field, notably phenomenal uh, deep ball tight end. He looks far more athletic than Caleb Wilson. Again, athleticism is a huge component to the tight end position. Uh, where are you at on, on Greg Dulcich? So there's there's a big reason why uh, your your model likes him a lot more than Charlie Kohler is Greg Dulcich doesn't block. I, I mean he's a joke. Oh so. yeah, that's that's a big yeah. But I mean that's also what we want from tight end prospects. I believe like I'm willing to to it, it makes things more boom or bust. But it's also like it's it's more valuable. Like a guy is an amazing inline blocker. You don't get fantasy points for a successful block. So you want those. Yeah, you know, hybrids. You want those? Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a he's a step away from a wide from being a wide receiver. Obviously, too big for that. But it, he's a, he's on the small side of tight end. Kohler. I mean, um, I believe he's a two time All American, um, one of the best blocking tight ends in the country, if not the best. Um, and uh, it, and there's no question that he's the best uh, receiving and blocking tight end in the country but you know i don't want to sit here and just try to go on and on about charlie colder but uh yeah very different type of player so dolchich yeah he's all offense and um definitely no knock there uh, 12 yards uh 12 air yards per target i mean he was uh definitely the uh the most dangerous uh receiving weapon there for ucla and chip kelly and um yeah i mean i'm not i'm not i'm not ready to go all in on him yet because uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, he needs to land in the perfect situation. He's not a guy that's going to win over a coach, be, you know, with his, with his, uh, work ethic is, uh, he's it, because he's going to want to play wide receiver basically. So a, a, a coach is going to have to like, he, he needs to get into a situation with like, um, the Cardinals. Um, and, but, you know, and, and even then he's not going to be in on, on their heavy packages. He's going to be in, uh, he's only going to want to go in for, or he's only, they're only going to want him to go in for their 10 and 11 personnel. And um, it, it, it's, uh, it, he'll need the perfect situation because, uh, um, you know, he's, like I said, he's on the small side, 20, 20 pounds lighter than, than most of these other tight ends. He was a wide receiver in high school, right? Yeah. So, uh, and that's common. That That's very yeah. common. You know, I mean, if you that, look at, yeah, like Brock Bowers, if you look at. Um, oh, my uh, God, yeah. Brock Bowers. Oh, yeah. I mean, all wide receiver in, in, in high school, you know, but he was just so big. They had to move him to tight end. I mean, it's not it's definitely going to stick, though. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I, I like Dulcich. You know, the, the crazy number here, though, Charlie Kohler, 61 percent in the slot and Dulcich was at 39 percent. That's um, that's ridiculous, but yeah, he's he's definitely a deep ball threat, and um, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm I'm interested in in getting into the tape here because um, I'm a little blind just just looking at numbers on these guys and and you know going back to the games that I've seen. 
Yeah, it's funny you bring up Brock Bowers. Also, Michael Mayer is a really exciting oh, yeah. prospect coming out next year. But it's like I wrote up a thousand different times. Kyle Pitts is a once-in-a-generation prospect. And now Brock Bowers is, is looking like probably better. And like that's just so insane to even say something like that. I mean, again, athleticism is a big component. But like what he's doing is ridiculous. He's got a 42-inch vertical. At his size, I mean, it, my goodness, it's it's unheard of, unheard of. It's ridiculous. So, so you brought up Arizona as a potential landing spot uh, for Greg Dulcich, and I think that's interesting because Chip Kelly compared him favorably to Zach Ertz, one of his former tight ends in the NFL. You know, who knows how much that means anything, but uh, um, th- this is what you want. This is what you want for fantasy. You want the tight end. The, the, the wide receiver masquerading as a tight end uh, or the tight end masquerading as a wide receiver or whatever. That's what you want for fantasy. There's more upside there, far more upside. But of course, there's also more risk than for, let's say, a Kolar who's going to be in line blocking at the very least and then can do more than that. But as we've seen at the tight end position, all the value really comes at the top. You want those high end premium tight ends, you know, uh, wide receiver basically who's running routes on uh, 90 plus percent of the team's dropbacks and not blocking. Uh, so it's, it's sort of a risk reward thing there. I, I, or at least that's how I see it. And then just to, to put the bow on the tight end position uh, there's a number of really small schools. So, so non FBS, non game of five, non power five tight ends who look really interesting to me in my model. Again, uh, level of competition is a little overrated for tight ends, but when you get to this level, it, much less so. Uh, Ryan Miller from Furman, a little exciting. Garrett Prince from UAB, a little exciting. But the guy I want to talk about real quick is Kamari Averett, who is a gigantic POS of a human being. Uh, I think there were rape allegations. Uh, I think he like held a gun to his pregnant girlfriend, something like that. Uh, he didn't play football for maybe there was like a two year gap uh, with him playing football. So he is a much older prospect. Uh, he played at Bethune Cookman, really small school before that. Where was he? Uh, Nebraska, Louisville. Louisville. Um, but I, this could be like a Tyreek Hill situation. I'm not even sure if he's draft eligible. I'm pretty sure though. I know he wasn't invited to the combine, but neither was Tyreek Hill, uh, where it's one of these scenarios where he's just like teams don't want to touch him because of the character issues. But he's 6'6", he's 260 pounds. On His tape is ridiculous. He looks like, I mean, he towers over everyone he's playing against. He was used like Mike Williams, like a true wide receiver, phenomenal deep threat. He modeled his game after uh, one of my all-time favorite tight ends, Jordan Reed. He looks like a bigger Jordan Reed. He, he's, his tape is ridiculous. Again, it was against a small school, but um, he looks like a freak athlete. Uh, so if you're in a super deep startup that has rookies, uh, he's, he's someone to keep an eye on. He's absolutely draft eligible. He was a sophomore back in 2018. So yeah, uh, he's, he's a couple season removed. He's, he was eligible last year if he wanted to be. I mean, he, he, yeah, he didn't play in 2019. He didn't play in 2020. Um, but I mean, uh, my model just absolutely adores him. The numbers he put up was insane. Even if factoring in 
the super weak uh, uh, level of competition. So uh, <laughs> let's let's move to a different position. Uh, let's let's start talking running backs. Um, the the kind of word on the street is that this is a very weak running cl- mm. back class. Mm. And then even if the don't totally agree with that. They'll just say, well, it's very deep and there's not much to get excited about at the top. And my model is basically saying, no, Brees Hall is a high level prospect. Kenneth Walker is a very exciting prospect and it is deep in addition. Uh, I've seen some people on Twitter talk about how um, pass catching involvement for running backs is massive. And my model doesn't really agree with that. There's just so many running backs who weren't involved as a pass catcher and then added that component to their game in the NFL. It's really just a scheme thing. Like LaDainian Tomlinson, I think, did nothing as a pass catcher in college. And then right off the bat, uh, was sort of, you know, Christian McCaffrey levels of a pass catcher. Uh, so the only variable from the receiving side, my model weights highly is career receiving touchdowns. And, and that's about it. Um, but yes, for me as a drafter, I really want players with three down potential, bell cow potential. And my, my model does you know represent that, I think, to a, a pretty good degree. I, I will say I actually, for running backs, I run two different models and I kind of average them out together to, to get my rankings. Right now, just for the sake of time, I'm only looking at one. This is the, the model that incorporates receiving touchdowns. But um, RB1 for me is Brees Hall and Lance Zierlein comped him to Matt Forte. And, you know, if you're like me and only play in PPR leagues, that is extremely exciting. Yeah, I like Brees Hall. I think he's I think he's he's in the argument, I think, Um, you know, and I mentioned to you before the show, he's he's got uh, somewhere around 1700 carries between high school and college. So, you know, they've, they've definitely got their money's worth of uh, Brees Hall. And, and I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he set the NCAA record for consecutive games with a rushing touchdown. And, um, uh, you know, he, he wasn't a a big uh, yardage after contact guy, but uh, you know, he kills with, with volume. And, and, you know, we saw that with Najee Harris, you know, you feed a guy with enough volume and, um, they're gonna they're gonna eat and so uh, yeah he was he was above the the 1.0 yards per route run threshold as a receiver and mm-hmm. um, that's important he was uh, he was a quality receiver you know he wasn't wasn't one of the top but you know I put him right there with uh, Isaiah Spiller and um, oh uh, I just sorry to interject just yeah I, career yards per route run is actually another important. Uh, receiving yeah. variable. I, I missed that for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I mean, and uh, Isaiah Spiller is not an elite receiver either, but, you know, just the, the, the guys that are good enough as receivers that um, they will they will definitely, they won't be taken off the field just because it's uh, an obvious passing down. Um, but, you know, of course, you always have your specialists, the guys that are really good as receivers. But uh, yeah, I think, I think those are, those two guys are, are really close. They're, they're, they're actually um, both definitely superior to Kenneth Walker, but the thing that, that Kenneth Walker, man, um, just this guy, he was unstoppable um, this past year. And uh, I mean, almost four and a half yards after contact per attempt, just, whoa, 
I mean, this guy was just ridiculous. I remember the Ohio State game. Um, good. I mean, it's when he got hurt, but before he got hurt, he was he was just so impressive with his ability to to work through contact. And uh, it wasn't a great game for him. Yeah, he obviously had big game, and then that was really the that was really the the end of his season. After that, he wasn't he 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 was injured and and you know didn't play as as well. But man, prior to that, I mean, he had he had Michigan State fans like really excited. But yeah, Brees Hall, man, he's he's really good. These these are going to be the three the three uh, running backs that we're gonna that we're gonna hear uh, called first. But it's like as far as like this isn't a deep class. I love 16 running backs in this class. I mean, that doesn't say, that doesn't mean I'm going to draft, you know, 16 of these running backs, uh, you know, right off the, right off the bat or anything. I'm not going to overpay for them, but uh, yeah, there's, there's 16 guys here that I think are going to have very long careers. And I mean, we, we are, we are being gifted with a restocking of the running back position. Um, one of the deepest classes. Now there's no Jay, there's no Jonathan Taylor's, you know, um, there's no, uh, uh, you know, Najee Harris, uh, per se. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, you, you've got uh, some guys with potential, but I, I'm just really excited about this class. So moving to my RB two would be Kenneth Walker. <clears throat> and some of these players are tricky analyses or it's a tricky analysis uh, for various reasons uh, for him specifically is he was a transfer. And we haven't seen a lot of success from running backs who transferred, notably Trey Sermon. We, we brought up last year on the podcast. I was worried he ran away from Ramondre Stevenson, who was more efficient. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, who's similarly to Walker, uh, didn't do much uh, at his first school, I think it was Illinois, and then really came on. Uh, and so, yeah, Kenneth Walker is sort of the same thing, although uh, his sophomore season was was pretty impressive by a, a yards per game, actually really impressive by a yards per game basis, uh, and then really smashed at Michigan State upon transferring as a junior. And you could also argue that like things have changed now where it's, it's not like the case where you have to sit out a year. So it's just like teams are, are really trying to attract these guys and it shouldn't be viewed as a knock. Uh, one knock is basically he, he did nothing as a receiver, but his uh, rushing metrics are extremely impressive. What are your thoughts on Kenneth Walker? Oh yeah, no, he's not going to be—he's not going to come over and um, you know and blow anybody away with his receiving ability. That doesn't mean he can't—he can't improve. Um, It's—it I mean, we saw that with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, man, um, I'll never forget first couple of years he was on the Wisconsin. He was on the Wisconsin campus. Man, he was letting balls hit him in the face mask, uh, dropping <laughs> balls left and right. He looked ridiculous, and, um, and but you know he really he really bu- he really buckled down and and improved uh, his his last year there. And then obviously we know what he's done at, at Indianapolis. No issues there. So it, it's definitely a possibility, especially if a if a team's going to commit the effort and the coaching to to get that player up to speed. Um, uh, yeah. So so I'm really excited about him. I. I um, um, you know, he's definitely in the, in the big three here. Um, probably going to see, you know, these running backs come off the board third round, late second round is, is, is probably when we're going to see the, the spillers, the halls and the walkers. Um, and then, and then, you know, we'll see a lot of running backs come off after that. All right. Yeah. So let's talk about your guy, Isaiah Spiller. I think one model has him RB three. The other is a lot lower on him. Uh, 
why don't you sell me your, your pitch on him? Well, here's the thing. He's not even the best running back on his team. Um, That's probably why the model didn't love him. Well, uh, it, it don't take it that – well, that other running back's uh, one of my top five Debbie guys. So um, it, he's ridiculous, uh, Devin Ashane. But um, I, Isaiah Spiller, he's – uh, he's, he, he, he reminds me a lot of, okay, so, so take Brees Hall, put Devin Ashane on the roster with him and Brees Hall is, is splitting a, a workload evenly or in a similar mm-hmm. capacity. That's how good Devin Ashane is. Um, he's, uh, he's next level stuff. Uh, he's ready to move on right now, but he, you know, he's not eligible. So he came out true freshman, um, and, very first game he played ran ran for over 100 yards and uh you know in the SEC so um you know that's something you got to consider these these numbers are aren't, aren't going to be um uh, uh up there you know he's not going to score 20 touchdowns in the SEC uh with with his schedule uh, compared to Brees Hall going up against you know Texas Tech and Kansas and and these these scrub schools uh, and de- you know scrub defensive schools that uh, you know they don't even they don't even know what run defense is. So those numbers are going to be padded quite a bit out of the Big Twelve. Um, and but uh, yeah, Spiller he's 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 legit. Um, yeah, he was a he was big part of the reason why Texas A and M beat Alabama this year, uh, this past year. And um, and he's and he's good enough. He's good enough as a receiver right there with Brees Hall. Um, you know, and if uh, Brees Hall a little bit better, but still. Um, uh, it's good enough to, to, to stay on the field, uh, as a receiver. So, um, but you know, we're not talking about guys that are going to work out of the slot. None of, none of these three Spiller, Walker Hall, none of them are going to be guys that are going to line up in the slot as a receiver. So we're not talking elite receivers here talking about, but guys that can still come out of the backfield and catch the ball. Let's talk about another tricky guy to analyze. And for similar reasons, and that's Damian Pierce, who my model wasn't super high on. Again, I have two models. One is more efficiency-based. The other is more, uh, let's say, workhorse potential. A lot of efficiency stuff goes into that, but it's it's more counting stats. And Lance Zierlein, he's a Lance Zierlein favorite. He's a Danny Kelly favorite. I watched his tape. I really f- fell in love. This guy is hard to bring down. He runs with determination as if there's like a magnet in the end zone constantly pulling him fo- forward. He shrugs off. Uh, contact with ease, just such a fun guy. There, there's like a great meme where it's like the sad guy on the bus saying like analyzes like hours of data. And then the happy guy on the bus is like, he got a dog in him. And like, he's got a dog in him. Uh, Damian Pierce. Uh, so Lance Zierlein said uh, the, the fact that he didn't have twice as many touches is a legitimate fire, fi- uh, fireable offense for the coaching staff there. And so if you take that uh, presupposition, it's true because it was true with Alvin Kamara. That was, that was my one knock on him. I'm like, well, if he's, if he's so good and he looked awesome on tape, if he's so good, how come he was basically RB three in a committee, you know, and it, it, the, the correct answer was just because the coaching staff is incompetent. So if you take that presupposition, it's true. You, you keep his efficiency metrics the same and you just double the, the touches this is the RB2 in the class. Obviously, right now, he's, he's a lot lower because you have to accept that presupposition is true. But he's someone I'm rooting for, and he's someone I do want to tweak uh, or at least make the, the bull case argument for when I write him up. What are your thoughts on, on Damian Pierce out of Florida? And by the way, we did see Florida for a long time 
uh, keep the running back stuck in a frustrating committee. I think LaMichael P. Ryan was playing over uh, many other running backs. He was more talented then, but uh, similarly low touch totals. Well, so they had, they had two running quarterbacks and then they had Malik Davis who is, who has receiving, has the receiving ability. He'll, he'll have to play special teams, but it has the, has the receiving ability to, to, to stick in the NFL. Um, but um, it, okay. So here's the thing uh, they had, they have two good, two extremely good young running backs on the roster and they didn't even play him. So I wouldn't even call the rotation there in Florida a, a timeshare. It was just, it, you could, you could make the argument, the quarterbacks, um, Anthony Richardson, Emory Jones, they came in and, uh, and ran the ball a lot. And that, you know, and that was a factor it was. And then Malik Davis, um, you know, getting his share, which he deserved. And, 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 because, I mean, you gotta, you gotta consider that too. Malik Davis was extremely good, is extremely good. I'm not really ex- that excited about Damian Pierce. He was very efficient. He had the best season of his career, 13 touchdowns. He, he, he caught everything that was thrown to him. Um, and, 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 you know, uh, Danny Kelly, I think he's, I think he's big on a, a Florida player every year. So I'll, in the leagues that I'm in with him, I'll be, I'll be glad when I see him, uh, draft Damian Pierce off the board. So, uh, so, uh, you know, it'll be one, one more, uh, spot that I can get closer to one of my other guys. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, he was, he was a good player. Uh, I, I'm just not, I'm not going, I'm not going crazy on him right now, but then again, I haven't watched a, a ton of tape on him. Um, just the games that I watched, and obviously I'm not slowing the game down and looking at the individual players when I'm just watching games during the season. So, um, you know, I don't want to I don't want to jump the gun here, but uh, uh, it wasn't a complete it wasn't a timeshare. They they have uh, they had some guys on the bench that uh, they had a guy come over, Demarcus Bowman, uh, he's big time guy, man, um, five star running back from Clemson that transferred over, transferred didn't even play didn't even play for Clemson. Um, he, he signed with Clemson and was like, yeah, he he saw Travis Etienne come back. So he was like, all right, I'm getting out of here. Went over to Florida and, and didn't play this year at all. So, I mean, he got a few carries, but, um, and he really young too. So, and then they, then they got, um, um, uh, Lorenzo, uh, uh, Lorenzo Lingard. He transferred over from Miami, um, another big four-star recruit and they, neither of them played much. So, um, uh, yeah, it wasn't even a situation where he had to he had to uh, you know give up those carries. So yeah, I'm just I, I, I'm well. I guess I guess I'll see. Uh, we'll see when I watch some tape on him. But right now, I'm not I'm not I'm not too awful excited because there's so many other guys that are that are that I think are are superior in this class. Yeah. So one one of the key variables in my model is missed tackles force per touch. It's really <clears> the most uh, predictive metric for analyzing. Uh, potential prospects coming out of college. And, and he was really elite in that regard last season. Um, he averaged a touchdown per 7.4 touches last season. Um, and again, he, he's just a, he's just a guy rooting for it, but yeah, maybe I should just stick to the model and say, Hey, you, you know, he, he only had 100 carries and, you know, usually that happens for a reason. Uh, I will say uh, against Georgia, uh, he had 69 rushing yards on nine carries. That was the most they gave up all year. Also an interesting uh, Trey McBride stat. I, I forgot to mention uh, against Toledo. Uh, he had 109 receiving yards and the team had 110 total passing yards, just an crazy uh, market share stat. But um, yeah, so let's talk about some of the running backs you are higher on. Uh, I, I think my model probably would have R- Brian Robinson as the next guy. 
but but I have to double check that and again work through the other the the other model and tweaks and things like that. So so who would you have next? Who are you some of the players you're excited about? Well, you know, we we want to get our our multi-dimensional guys and uh, one of the guys is Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. Um, I was big on him last year, wrote him up for the draft guide. I'm still big on him. He had a, uh, you know, he's, he's playing a very difficult schedule for Notre Dame. Um, and you know, he was, he was just vital to their success. Of course, you know, mass exodus there and, uh, out of Notre Dame with with Brian Kelly out, and then another guy that I love. So we got Kyron Williams, a little undersized. I think he's five eight, about two hundred pounds. So you know there is the the concern that he just he he ends up more of a situational, um, you know, scat back, a little bigger than a scat back, but still somebody that that uh, may not end up taking a three down roll. But here's a guy, Rashad White. This guy's huge, six foot two, six foot two, two hundred ten pounds. Um, man, yeah. So my, my just a my model loves him. Yeah, but I'm hearing uh, he's a UDFA, so I, I didn't even mention it. Whatever, whoever is saying that, just they really need to go back and watch some tape. This kid is the NFL all the way, all the way. No way. Top five. Top. Okay. So Kennedy Brooks. So here's the thing. Kennedy, Kennedy Brooks. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes him five years to catch 10 balls in the NFL, but he's like all the other Oklahoma running backs. He's, he is the top gap scheme running back in this class. So he is going to fit and he's going to, he's going to take on, you know, 35, 40%. Um, carry share as a rookie because of because of his gap, his patience, uh, his footwork. He's another Ramadre Stevenson type guy. Um, this kid, uh, b- based on pure rushing ability, um, is up there with anybody in the class. So, but he can't catch the ball. I mean, he, he's he's terrible. He's terrible as a receiver, and he it's been that way his whole career. Um, a, a guy that broke out this year and broke out in a big way was Abram Smith. Um, so really like him, but of course, Brian Robinson, he's got all that experience. Um, and, and that that's important. Didn't fumble all year for Alabama. Um, and uh, he's, he's, uh, he was a big part of their, a uh, big reason for their success, especially since they had so many injuries at running back. Um, so I like him too. Um, and, but you know, he's, he's, he's my RB nine, uh, had Abram Smith right now as, as eight Tyler Beatty out of Missouri. This guy was he was he was typecast as a smaller scat back type, 5'8", 194 pounds. Um, but you know we're seeing we're seeing teams that that like to move a little faster. We're seeing them uh, um, you know uh, settle or, or or be more inclined to give guys of 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 Kyron Williams and Tyler Beatty's size bigger roles than than you know a decade ago. So um, there's opportunities there, and they're both elite receivers. So. Um, they'll have that for for a long time, um, and then I like Hassan Haskins out of uh, Michigan. He was uh, he's the reason that Michigan beat Ohio State. Could not stop him, and Ohio State's defense was was playing on all cylinders at that point. I mean, they were shutting people down on the run. They could not stop Hassan Haskins. He was running through them, around them. Um, just just great running back that I think. 
Um, and he's also, he's, you know, he's above that one yard, yard per route run threshold. And then, and then I'll end it with, uh, there's other guys I like, but, but, uh, the next guy is, is the last of, of like, I would say the, the really excited tier. And that's James, James Cook, Dalvin's little brother. He's only 190 pounds right now, but he was playing that, that more of a change of pace receiver role behind Zamir White. He was more the, the thunder. Um, he's, he's, he's got the frame to put on more weight. That's not going to be a problem. We'll see James Cook playing at around 210 pounds w- with when he gets into an NFL weight room. So that's not going to be a problem. I don't think so. Um, I, he was, he was great for Georgia. He was the best running back for them, um, during their championship run. I really like him a lot. And obviously he's got the, the pedigree. Yeah. I think my model has all these guys top 10 or, or damn near close in the class. At mm-hmm. least again, I have to do a bunch of tweaks. One I assumed I, I would have to tweak was Rashad white. Uh, one of my models has him RB four. And then I saw Lance Zierlein had him outside of the top 15 running backs in the class. So I just assumed uh, I, I had to tweak something or something was wrong there, but that's, you, that's uh, go really ask, go ask John about Rashad white. All right. Yeah. I know he, he was him. at the senior bowl. Um, the, the, this, it, it, he, he's just figuring out what, what, uh, Debbie people already knew. Uh, go ask, uh, um, Joe's a big Rashad white guy. Um, the, the Rashad white's the real deal. So there's a chip trainium. He was, uh, he was a five star on some outlets, five, you know, four to five star. I mean, big time running back recruit for Arizona state. Um, he transferred over to Ohio state now, but the, the one of the main the, everyone's transferring out of out of Arizona State right now, so it's it's really not that big of a surprise. But I, I would say he's pretty unhappy because Rashad White, when he came in, I mean, he pretty much closed the door on Chip Trainium. He and and he was good too. He was efficient. Trainium was, but Rashad White, man, he's next level. This guy is is seriously right there with the top three. He just doesn't. Uh, he didn't. He doesn't have as much of a reputation. Um, as, as the big three in this class. So, but I'm really excited about him. I, you know, it's, it's, it, you know what it's like, Scott, you, we, we come into each class and, and, and we just spend so much time looking at these players. And when we go out to draft our teams, we're like, wow, nobody's, nobody's even going after this guy, you know, and, and you just love scooping them up. So, and that's, that's going to be a guy like Rashad White. This is, this guy is going to, this guy's going to, he's going to be a difference maker. He's a problem. All right. Well, let's let's move to the wide receiver position. Everyone's favorite position, the the more exciting one when we're talking prospects, and especially for this class, which looks really good to me. Um, so I assumed I was the model was going to love Traylon Burks as like a very high level prospect, uh, just because coming into the season, my model said he was either he was the best. Uh, prospect in this class. And then what did he do this past year? He had four times as many receiving yards, six times as many touchdowns as the next closest receiver on his team. He's 6'3", 225 pounds, hyper athlete. Uh, and man, yeah. So he, he's, he did really well on my model. Um, really like him, really exciting prospect by the tape, uh, at least according to me, but I'm no tape guy. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Traylon Burks? Okay, so this is where I can really get I can really open up because I've 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 collected all the data, and then on top of that, I've pulled all of the 
information out that I would if I were writing up, say, an advanced advanced matchups and um, just looking at looking at the strengths, looking at the weaknesses, and um, and then also factoring in what I know about their athleticism, what I what I see with the size, and and so, um, so yeah, six foot three. I have them at two thirty two hundred and thirty two pounds. It might be some uh, uh, a previous weight with with some baby fat, but the kid's got some some tree trunks for legs. I mean, he screams cover one growth, and he's also going to be a problem for cover two. In a cover two, you're going to try to jam the receiver at the line. But here's the thing. he's A lot of people that I've seen um, uh, have him listed as a perimeter guy. He's not a perimeter guy. He's a slot receiver. That's where he's done all of his work. That's where he's going to play in the NFL. Um, but well, so Last so, year he was slot. Wasn't he yeah. outside the year before that? No, he's always been slot. Okay. That's that's where they keep him. That's that's where he's that's where he's been most comfortable. His numbers are better there. Um, but you know he had. So I say that is that is that his frame screams cover one growth because he's not quite there yet. So um, he's got some work to do against against man coverage, um, and he's got some work to do to be honest against cover two and cover three. Uh, his size, he should be he should be beating cover one and cover two right now. But then again, he's in the SEC. So, you know, that's obviously a factor because, uh, you know, you're going up against some of the best corners in the world. But, you know, again, then again, we're talking about a guy that 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 is uh, as some consider to be the top wide receiver on the board. Um, you know, he was 22nd. He scored the 22nd most fantasy points per route against cover one, the 42nd most uh, against cover two. Um, he had a 48 percent decline to his fantasy point overall fantasy point average against cover two and that's it's just it's just so difficult to to understand but so as for the cover one um um, he did post the 13th most yards per run i'm talking about in the class here but uh and then against cover three 34th most fantasy points per route so we're looking at um somewhere in the neighborhood of like 65 receivers here that are eligible that that i have listed i always find a couple extra i didn't realize had uh, declared but that's where i'm looking at right now but he's he's the kind of guy that that is a specialist for um uh the four more deep defensive back um uh, uh schemes against cover four second most fantasy points per out 48 percent increase to his average which is the second highest clip there as well uh seventh most yards per target so on uh this is a great one here so against cover four on 21 percent of routes 29 percent of receptions 27 percent of yardage and 39 percent of touchdowns um if if he were to somehow get onto the buffalo roster with josh allen who's the best cover four quarterback in the nfl oh man we're talking some earth-shaking uh stuff there and then against cover six he was 12th most so those are the two four deep or more um i i like Traylon burks um uh he's he's uh right now let's see i have him as my wide receiver five um, and I know that's crazy, but that doesn't mean I'm not. I'm saying he's not a first round wide receiver. He is. Um, I just, I you know. So we're we're in the day and age where uh, the NFL it's it's shifting away from the uh, the the pro style, the heavy uh, packages of grinding the football, and there we're going. We're spreading our offenses out. We saw the Giants bringing over Brian Dayball. They're they're moving into the 21st century. We're seeing that with more teams. All of the coaches that were fired came from offenses that utilized a low rate of 11, 10 and 11 personnel and uh, um, low rates of RPO um, 
and uh, uh, read option uh, systems. You've got it. We've these teams. There's no choice anymore. You either change or you're going to continue to fall below the curve. And that's what we're looking at. So we're going to see there's there's just so much of a need for wide receivers. Would not be surprised if somewhere around 13 wide receivers are drafted in the first two rounds of this draft. Um, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I feel good about Traylon Burks as wide receiver one. Lance Zierlein compared him to like a faster, more athletic AJ Brown, which is like so crazy. That's his wide receiver one. That's the uh, most ridiculous comparison I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) From a size, from a size comparison, sure. Completely different positions, completely different players. Well, AJ Brown was defenses. What's that? AJ Brown was slot in college, but AJ Brown is not slot now. There's there's right. no chance they're moving Traylon Burks outside. His numbers just it, it, uh, I don't have the numbers. I think he said AJ Brown with more wiggle. I think that was his player count. Oh, okay, but yeah, that's like that's like comparing uh, Amon St. Brown to Antonio Brown I, just because they're similar size. There's something that just doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't okay. make any sense. Well, I, well I, I was just going to say, he's not the unanimous wide receiver one, not at all within the industry. But to me, that just felt like shiny new toy syndrome. Whereas like as a guy who like doesn't watch a lot of uh, college football until after the season uh, and, and going back and watching the tape and then, you know, retroactively crunching the numbers, uh, I, I feel like I do have something of an advantage where a lot of these guys, like Burks is basically – the unanimous wide receiver one heading into the season. And then somehow he's by many accounts, wide receiver three, wide receiver five. It just felt like they, they weren't appropriately waiting how good he was early on. And then in his scene, his final year, he either met expectations or exceeded it. But, you know, one of these other guys really broke out and then, Oh, it's the shiny new toy. I'm all excited about this guy. No, he's my wide receiver one now. But you know, I really trust your analysis and your your film and data analysis. So, you no, know, maybe maybe he's maybe he's just not. Maybe he's just well. Not. When right. I when I had uh, I, I I can't remember where I had him. I think wide receiver two when I wrote him up in the the draft guide. But I didn't expect Garrett Wilson to declare. I thought he would come back for one more year. Um, uh, and then and then also I didn't expect Jamison Williams to completely go freaking crazy. Um, uh, for Alabama because, you know, he was with Ohio State when I wrote that up. Um, and, and then, you know, he transferred over Alabama. And before that, I mean, I didn't even – he wasn't even on my radar. He, and he was playing for, you know, Ohio State. So, I mean, I, I, I would have – you know, so he was he was my wide receiver too then. But, you know, with Wilson, he, who's my wide receiver one, um, and then and then with, with Jamison Williams, I mean, and Jamison has just been just ridiculous. You know, of course, he tore his ACL. But uh, I, I still I can't I can't look past what this guy did. So um, uh, I like Burks. I think um, I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not completely uh, you know throwing uh, uh, out yeah you know, my process here because because he's a he's a big guy. I think I think he's got a lot of work to do. He's um, you know, the numbers don't, the numbers don't speak to a guy that should be the first wide receiver off the board. Um, he needs, he needs certain coverages on the field to, to do his best work. And, uh, that's not what I'm looking for with, with, a you know, a top 10 pick. So yeah, I don't think so. 
I like him. I do. I like him a lot. There's he's got a lot of intangibles. I think are really good that that I think are gonna um, translate. I just uh, uh, I need to see a little bit more. Um, and uh, you know he's got a lot of work to do. So. All right. So I, I don't want to give away too much about my wide receiver model. Uh, I, I also don't want to give away the, the strict rankings just now. I, I have a really going to spend weeks and weeks with, with my model, testing different numbers, retesting them, um, looking for, for variables I might have missed. But uh, I will say the next here after Bur- Burks is uh, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave in no particular order. And then there was a name in there that really surprised me. And then there was a tear. I bet you I know who it is. And then there was a teardrop to Jahan Dotson and Drake London. And, and that's, that's that one of my other models really loves Justin Ross. The other doesn't at all. I I'm going to be a Justin Ross, Ross guy. Mechie's in that, that range, George Pickens, David Bell in that range. Who do you think uh, the, the one guy is? Oh, you haven't said his name. No. Oh, I, I know who it is. It's it's Wandell Robinson. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right, but let's let's talk about that first here. Then let's talk about uh, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, and and tell me the order you have it. Garrett Wilson's at the top because he's my, he's the cover one king. And uh, uh, you and, look. And at, can you explain to the listeners why that's so important to you? Oh man. So so you you're you're going to you're either going to face man coverage, you're going to face zone coverage. You're going to have a guy that that's going to be assigned to you, you're going to have a guy that that you're going to run your route through their zone. So uh, it, it, you you it, in those situations and and where the quarterback is going to spend a lot of his pre-snap and post-snap time is trying to determine if it is a man if it's man coverage and if it is then he knows that that it's an opportunity and especially if he has a guy like like Garrett Wilson when you look at the top receivers in the league um, and 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 all of them are cover one beasts all of them so if if you just if you just nitpicked and just went after cover one guys in your dynasty drafts, you have a higher chance of success. And, and, and that's completely without even looking at any zone guys. You don't even look at them. Now that, that includes Traylon Burks. You just look at your cover one beasts and you're going to succeed just following that. Um, and but you know we don't want to do that. We want to we want to make sure that we look at everybody and 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 evaluate everybody. And that would be a problem because Chris Olave is is a he's a zone guy. Um, but that you know that doesn't mean that you know he he doesn't have value. Heck, he has a lot of value. Um, but Garrett Wilson, number one in the class in fantasy points per route. Um, he had a 43% increase on his overall average against cover one second most yards per route run, which was a 53% spike, which was the highest uh, third most yards per target, the highest target targeted passer rating. Um, and, 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 and then so my, so the reason I didn't, I didn't think that he was going to declare this year is he had some issues against cover two and cover six. Um, with Justin Fields a couple of years ago, and that doesn't make any sense because we see we saw Justin Fields this past year. He's a cover six beast, and Garrett Wilson he was just young. He had he had he had a lot to learn as far as his route running and and how to defeat certain coverages. But man, he really made some improvements um, uh, to the point where against cover six coming into this into this draft, he's got the fourth most fantasy points per dropback. Um, he scored seventeen percent of his touchdowns on eight percent of his routes against cover six. He does need some work against cover three. He had the 22nd most fantasy points 
um, not drop back, excuse me, per route. Um, and, and, uh, you know, so there, there's a little bit of work there and that's, that's the coverage he's going to see the most, but he is a monster, almost unguardable. Um, uh, and if you, if you, if you need any, if you need any reminders to how athletic this kid is, look at some of the pictures of him catching the football. You'll see him jumping to the point where his feet are at the level of the defender's head. This kid can jump <laughs> like over an yeah. NFL pile. That's yeah, how athletic he is. The Bowl is a is a great video to watch. Yeah, I mean, okay. just ridiculous athleticism. Like, if he was a cornerback, he'd be the first player off the board. I, I, I it, it's just ridiculous how how athletic he is. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I was, I was bigger. I was higher on Chris Olave coming, uh, at, at, you know, coming into this year, but that all changed this year. Garrett Wilson was, I mean, he's not Jackson Smith and jig, but we're not even talking about the best that Ohio state has at wide receiver. Um, but Garrett Wilson, man, he's the cover one King. There is no question. Uh, so Garrett Wilson is your wide receiver one. Who's your wide receiver too? It's Chris Olave. So, you know, cover one may not be his top strength, but it's far from his weakness. He was 12, he scored the 12th most fantasy points per route, third highest uh, targeted passer rating, but the top zone specialist in the class. Plus if you, if you, if you're going to look at his athleticism coming out of high school, um, yeah, I wouldn't do it. I I don't know what's going on with the number that he posted. I mean, this kid's going to post a four, three at the combine. Um, and, and I think he's listed at like a four, six coming out of high school. I don't know what, what is up with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, fifth most fantasy points per route against cover three, third most fantasy points per route against cover four, uh, six most fantasy per points per route against cover six. This kid knows how to destroy zone coverage. Um, it, he knows all the, he knows all the routes. He knows all the weaknesses. He knows how to split the safeties. Uh, he's, he's a, he's just a massive, massive problem. And the thing that's most exciting about this class is, is the level of, of perimeter receivers that are coming in. It's just like, what is this now? Three years in a row where we've been gifted with like these phenomenal, um, wide receiver classes. And this one's special because yeah, we had, we had Jamar chase, but, um, really Devonte Smith, he plays on the outside. I'd actually like him if he kicked inside to the slot. That's where yeah, he put up his big numbers at Alabama. I think he would be a better slot receiver. And then we saw Waddle. Waddle just went ballistic. And then we saw Amon Ross St. Brown. It was a really big slot class last year. And then and we Elijah had Moore was a slot guy. Who he kicked exactly. Outside. But he played a lot on the outside. That was a little surprising. I, I, I I know he could, I knew he could, but I was surprised he played as much as he did, but it was more, you know, more of the slot guy and like more of an undersized outside receiver type of class. This is the opposite. This class is different. This is a perimeter class. And then you have Traylon Burks. Uh, So what I'm hearing on Chris Olave is that he projects as a slot only. He has a small frame. He's not very strong. So it's, he, he's not going to be a huge possession PPR mm-hmm. cheat code type guy, very high floor, very low ceiling. And that makes me want to draft uh, Jamison Williams above him. But the, the counter argument to that is like, if Jamison Williams was so good, 
how come he only had 15 catches at Ohio State, how to flee the program, uh, because Jackson Smith and Jigba, who, I mean, my, my goodness, he posted it chase-like year. My model's going to fall in love with him. Uh, Chris Olave, you could say, is a slack guy, so maybe they weren't direct competition, but then Garrett Wil- Wilson. But, I mean, you have Garrett Wilson one, you have, you have Chris Olave two. So uh, is it Jamison Williams three, and, and what are your thoughts on him? No, I okay. So the the ACL recovery is is a big is a big problem for me. For who? For, um, as for far Olave as like, or for no no Olave no for, for Jamison right? Williams, he tore his ACL in the championship game. Olave too, right? No, no, okay. he didn't even play. He he uh, Wilson and Olave sat out the bowl game. They didn't even play for. They were getting ready for the draft. Who who am I thinking of? Because there's a few guys. John Mechie. John Mechie tore his ACL in the in the uh, SEC championship. Uh, both of those games against Georgia. Um, so who, I'm curious, where are you getting this this draft profile on Olave from? Saying that he's got an extremely low floor and he's slot only. Is this Lance Zerline again? <laughs> it might it might be. Oh wow, this guy's he's having a bad draft. Um, I'm I'm sorry, but. I, I, Olave is the, I mean, yeah. Can he play in the slot? Yeah, sure. But he's got four, three speed. You watch. Yeah. He will play on the outside. There's no question. Um, a, a, a strength. Are you seriously going to talk about strength with Olave when we just, we just saw, uh, Devonte Smith drafted. What was he? The 10th pick. I mean, this is ridiculous. This, this is the most ridiculous information between this and, and, and then saying, um, that that uh, Traylon Burks is AJ Brown. Um, no, the next guy on my list is Jahan Dotson. Um, and if if if, Will, if Jameson Williams was one hundred percent healthy, I think he would be my wide receiver too. Yeah. So um, I think I think that's the I think that's what you should take. Uh, I think you should stick with that because uh, the ACL isn't going to be a concern long term. And then from a dynasty perspective, like uh, what does it do? It's just okay. He's going to be slow to start the rookie season, missing training camp, uh, maybe return week eight and then be eased in, not do much. So like the production isn't as high as for some other wide receivers. So maybe he's Mm -hmm. cheaper in year two, but like, I mean, me, like I always take such a long-term view that it really doesn't factor in at all. So I'm, I'm almost just totally ignoring the ACL. Well, here's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that Jamison Williams is going to fall out of the first round, you know, like the, the second pick of the, of the second round or something. And he's not going to have that fifth year option on his contract. It just, it's the one concern that I do have. Um, And, and, but, you know, say, so what I mean is, is let's say, let's say he falls out of the first round. He, he, you know, but a team falls in love with him. They want him, but then, but then going into year four, he tears his ACL again. You know what I mean? And then, and then I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that's just like something I think about, but you know, if, if, um, um, I feel good enough about Jahan Dotson, but at the same time, I kind of, I kind of like what you say, what you're saying there, because um, you're kind of talking me off the ledge of bumping him down there. And, and um, because I do, I would like him more than Jahan Dotson, if not for that. And I would probably have him, my wide receiver too, maybe like 2A, 2B with Olave. So maybe, I, maybe I will follow your advice there because um, I think it's, I think it's a sound way to look at, um, at an ACL injury. The ACL injury for, for Mechie concerns me more because his numbers aren't as impressive. You, you um, know what? I, by the way, Lance Zierlein is like one of the best in the industry. Big fan of his. I think I was mixing up Olave with uh, 
with Mechie because uh, Lance had Olave okay. and compared yeah. him to Terry McLaurin. So that uh, makes sense. Okay. Lance Erline, I apologize. You're not listening to me. I'm a nobody, but uh, it, it, I take that back. If that's, if that's the case, then just saying, just making a lazy comp isn't, isn't a reason for ridicule. So I'll take uh, that back. yeah, I, I will say that outside of fantasypoints.com, which includes the great Greg Cassell, uh, Lance Zierlein, Dane Brugler, and uh, Daniel Jeremiah. Oh, and Mike Renner, best in the business. Always go out of my way to make sure. Oh, and Danny Kelly, of course. Uh, make sure I read all of their stuff. They're, they're great. They put in the work. They put in the hours in terms of tape grinding. grinding. Um, so uh, Dawson. Uh, yeah, so then if you if you don't really penalize him too much for the ACL, then, then we're kind of in the same ballpark with that first tier. I have Burks, wide receiver one. You have him a little lower, but then it's uh, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave in that next tier. Uh, and then you said you had uh, Jahan Dotson, who's the next guy for me. And then uh, for me, uh, ignoring the, the one guy who keeps popping to my surprise uh, is Drake London, who I'm probably not going to love. He's a six-five freak, um, amazing contested catch receiver. But like, I personally hate contested catch receivers, and like a player who excels at contested catches in college, that's not something predictive. And in fact, it's negatively predicted. Like, you want separators in college. You don't want contested catch guys. Um, but you want the crazy Treadwell thing about Drake London? Bust. Yeah. Is- you you know um, uh, you know how they kicked Amon Amon Ross St. Brown to the outside his last year at USC. They played Drake London in the slot. Um, he's actually he's a he's a crossing route guy. Uh, he does a lot of that. I know it doesn't it doesn't fit with his size. Neither did uh, playing a lot playing a lot out of the slot. But you know we see Terrace Marshall. He did it at LSU and he continues to do it for Carolina. I don't know why. I mean, I mean, it but, was a rough you know, rookie year for Terrace. Marshall. It was a rough rookie year, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, the the numbers aren't as as crazy for Drake London. But that that's the other thing is uh, uh, playing for USC. Um, he's he's he had to you know take his lumps like the other receivers um, where he wasn't featured ahead of guys like Michael Pittman and then Amon Ra. And then um, they also had, uh, shoot, I can't remember his name, the guy Tyler that – Tyler Vaughns? Yeah, Tyler Vaughns. And and so, you know, he he had to, you know, work his way up the rotation. It was just this last year that uh, he was allowed to um, uh, take over there. So, um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't – he's not – you know, with a, we shouldn't really discount him right away because let's see him – let's see him at the combine. Let's see him run. Um, let's see what, what let's see what um, what type of speed he puts up because if he's got you know say four four speed at six four two ten or something That's I mean insane. yeah yeah we'd have to reevaluate but I'm not I'm not I, he's he's not in the top tier for me he's um, right. he's outside of, I'm I, the, I have the the five guys there with Wilson Olave um, uh, Williams Dotson and Burks and then I get down into my London Robinson. Um, and you know, other guys that I, that I really like here in the second tier. I'm going to ask a stupid question if you don't mind. Uh, so former basketball guy, six, five, uh, what about converting him to tight end? Yeah. I mean, he's only 210 pounds, you know, so, 
Um, I mean, he would, he's on the lighter side of, of, you know, like a chase, chase Claypool could have done it. Yeah. Um, you know, he's big enough. He's a, what is he? two twenty five? So, um, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be an issue for him to put on 10 pounds, but he'd have to put on Drake London's going to have to put on 25 pounds at receiver. He would lose a lot of speed, but you know what? You're right. I mean, if he, if he did it and he was able to do it, do it without, without, um, you know, uh, adding the bad weight, then yeah. I mean, it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Not after what he did this past year, man. He was he was the most. Um, uh, I mean, he he controlled college fantasy, and it was it was ridiculous what the numbers he was putting up. So uh, my my small mo- uh, my small school model uh, says there are a number of really attractive small school wide receivers in this class. Uh, Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama, Christian Watson, Sky Moore. But again, my model like really does not like small school wide receivers. So we're, we're not really going to talk about him, them here, but I, I'm sure Wes is going to have a player profile and I'll, I'll bring it up in my model. Uh, let's talk about the guy who surprised me. Model really loves really young guy, uh, great yards for route run, really good yardage market share, 46% in his final season or best season. Uh, Wandale Robinson, he, you know, it's the new trendy thing. Every year there's a Tyreek Hill comp and that player sucks because there's only one Tyreek Hill. This year there's a bunch of Debo Samuel comps, but he's like the closest one. He doesn't have the size, but uh, he is used as that sort of like slot wide receiver plus gadget. And again, the model freaking loves him. So what are your thoughts on Wandale Robinson? I hate hearing you bring him up <laughs> because he's my top sleeper in this class. Oh, same. I, that's That's a good sign. Yeah. Um, so he's, I'll, you know, let's, let's scrap the Tyreek Hill stuff. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say he's my Elijah Moore of this class. Um, and, and, and like I said, I, I, he was, he's somebody that I want to pick up in like every draft cover one second, most fantasy points per route and that I've already, you know, really gone into that to how important that is um, at third, most yards per route run against cover one, second highest targeted passer rating on 16% of his routes. He scored 50% of his touchdowns against cover one. You can't guard the kid with man-to-man. It doesn't work. No signs of weakness. 15th most fantasy points per route against cover two. Ninth most against cover three. 26th most, most against cover four. So, I mean, you know, we could say that was a weakness, but he, did, he, just, he didn't run a whole lot of routes against cover four. Third most, third most fantasy points against, fan, uh, excuse me, against uh, cover six. Um, uh, the one thing that, that I, if I'm going to, if I'm going to nitpick on him is, is, is he, he needs to work on how to, on how to, to score, how to set him up, set himself up to score against zone, not in real football. No, because you know, he doesn't have to score all the touchdowns to be the, to be a, a big help to his team, but to, it would skyrocket his numbers. Um, if he, if he found a way to score zero touchdowns, um, against cover two, zero touchdowns against cover four, zero touchdowns against cover six in his career. But that just, that just really speaks to the, the receptions and yardage totals that he put up against those coverages that he's so he's ranked so high in this class and this class is stacked. So, um, that, that's, that's important, but man, to see, to, to see a slot guy, um, with the second most fantasy points per route against cover one, that's that's Elijah Moore all the way, all the way. That no Amon Ron St. Brown, he didn't do that. No, he was a he was a zone. He's a zone guy. 
but Wandale is a is a guy that that we're going to be able to go after um, against you know the the cover one heavy defenses, and that's so rare as a slot receiver to the point where um, it'll 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 allow him to run routes on the outside if 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 his team wants him to because you know the, that you have a higher higher chance of of being manned up on the outside and so um he, you know he's obviously undersized but he's he's lightning fast i said last year about elijah i know you loved him too i don't want to steal all the thunder away from you about elijah Moore. but um yeah lightning in a bottle i mean that, that just just w- whatever the guy wants to do he can do yeah uh Wandel robinson i'll just add as another transfer which some somewhat complicates things he was used far more as a runner at Nebraska than where he transferred to as a junior, which was Kentucky. Uh, and that's not something that goes into my model for wide receivers rushing production, but it is something I always add as like a boost, a bonus. Uh, wide receivers who are used as a runner, uh, it's a really positive indicator of future success. You saw that with like so many prospects over the years, like Antonio Brown. Uh, too much is like almost a red flag like a uh, LaVisca Chenault. Um, no, it, it was. He was their starting running back at Nebraska. That's and and then he kept getting banged up. He's just not that – he's not big enough for that position. Right. Um, and but he but but when he was at Kentucky, they still ran with him, but they used him more as a gadget. So yeah, I think that's more what he's built for. Seven carries, 111 rushing yards this past year. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's just like a positive indicator of t- surplus talent. Uh, you know, you're hyper athletic. Uh, we want to get the ball in your hands, uh, things of that nature. Um, uh, I want to talk about David Bell, George Pickens, and me personally, Justin Ross. Uh, is there any other sleeper you want to hit on quickly? No, the, the, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really intrigued to take a look at, um, um, uh, shoot, what's Jared Stearns out of Western Kentucky? He's got some, he's got some, I, I know the, the, the Bailey Zapp. Oh, I forgot and, you to know, mention him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it may all just be gimmick, and, but I do want to take, I do want to take a look. He was top 10 in, in, uh, in fantasy points per route against cover one, cover two, cover six. Um, uh, so, you know, that, that's impressive. I want to check him out. So, um, that's one guy, but you, you're, you're hitting on all my sleepers here with, with Wandale. And then, and then I think, uh, Justin Ross, I mean, we'd be talking about Justin Ross as a, as a, a top five wide receiver in the class, if not for that, that back injury. I mean, that, that the year where he, uh, blew up against Alabama in the championship. I mean, and his numbers are just ridiculous. Top 15 against all five of the most common coverage schemes. So, um, he's somebody that that is is uh, definitely uh, uh, standing out for me. And then, you know, obviously it, I, I want to look at the film. And then another thing is I'm adding um, I'm, I'm looking a lot more in and in, in, uh, just separating the red zone and looking at what what they're doing in just inside the red zone. And, and that's going to be something that I look at a lot this year. So um, I've already done that with the quarterbacks, but um, that's not what we're looking at right now. So, yeah. Yeah, I. Uh... Forgot to mention Jareth Stearns. Actually, I think my non-Power 5 wide receiver model like likes him the most out of anyone. I mean, 150 catches, 1,900 yards, 17 touchdowns. That's insane. Uh, but who was the uh, Western Kentucky deep threat everyone fell in love with maybe four years ago who never panned out? Hmm. I know it's like a scheme thing with them. Uh, it'll come to me as soon as this podcast ends, I'm sure. Oh yeah, that played at Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, 
Yeah, I can't remember his name. I know exactly who you're talking about. Had a good game against Alabama. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I just Uh, can't think of his name. Yeah, same. Uh, Well, do do you want to make a case for George Pickens or David Bell? David Bell's numbers are insane. Like, career yard for game, elite. But uh, never had, like, a truly – and, you know, produced immediately as a freshman competing against Rondale Moore. Um, Yeah, what are your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, I, I think I think David Bell's going to fall into the second. He, I don't think he has a chance to go in the first. Um, they're just the the it, it, it's a lot of volume, a lot of volume, and then you know we're talking about an air raid offense at at Purdue. Um, I like David Bell. That doesn't mean that we should sleep on him. I think I think as you know, obviously a second round pick, somebody that we're gonna that we're gonna have attention for. But George Pickens um, was my wide receiver one. Uh, coming into uh, prior to tearing his ACL during uh, spring practices, um, and I, I think it's I think it's preventing him from drawing a lot of the attention that he deserves. Nearly unguardable versus man, so uh, he fits my first checkbox. Fourth most fantasy points per route, um, absolute beast. Went off against uh, Cincinnati last year in their bowl game, um, and you know they played a lot of man on him, and then. Uh, uh, you know, he scored uh, 50% of his touchdowns on 27% of routes against cover one, 30, 31% of uh, reception, 6'3", 205 pounds. I think he has a lot of functional strength. Um, if, if I were to hear that, that he was comp to A.J. Brown, it would make a lot more sense to me. Um, it, it, it's, it's extremely difficult to jam him. Um, at the line of scrimmage against cover two, six most fantasy points per route. That really, the, the, see, I think that the the type of player that that Traylon Burks is, his profile should be a lot more like George Pickens. Um, but you know, that's not what we have. But that's okay. Um, and then he's he's dominant against cover three, and that that's AJ Brown all the way. Eleventh most fantasy points per route, um, and and that that obviously goes nicely with with his ability against cover one. And then he's top 20 against cover four and cover six. He's top 20 against all five. So that ACL tear was um, really held him back. And the thing about him though, is he's a guy that's going to play on the outside and he's so dangerous uh, on the deep ball. He was targeted with uh, the the 12th most air yards per target against cover one, the second most against cover two, the seventh most against cover three, the seventh most against cover four, the fifth most against cover six. I mean, it's just ridiculous air yards all day. Um, and, and so he's going to be, he's going to be a big time threat in the NFL. Somebody that, you know, I, I went, I went a lot into, um, uh, looking at deep passing and the decline in scoring from, uh, that, that was, it was a historical drop this year. And, 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 and that's why I think this class is going to be really important to the NFL. So we're, we're adding a lot of, a lot of air yardage guys. It's, it's exciting. It's great for the NFL that we're adding a lot of guys that are going to help these teams, um, put, put more, uh, aerial yardage on the field. Uh, by the way, the name that was escaping us, that was Taewon Taylor, who, Yes, seventeen hundred plus yards, seventeen touchdowns in his final season at Western. Yeah, and I drafted him. In, I drafted him in Devi, and he flopped. And yep. Um, okay, uh, so we'll end on on this guy, uh, Justin Ross, who's I think going to be one of my top flag plants. And so, uh, yeah, again, the great Lance Yearline. He had a quote from an anonymous NFL scout who said. Uh, yeah, you really just have to throw out the entirety of the 2021 season with Justin Ross uh, after he missed 
2020 due to a spinal issue. Uh, but if the medicals check out, like I really want to draft him. And I do think you have to throw out that 2021 season. For one thing, Clemson was an absolute mess. But for the other, he was dealing with a serious foot or ankle injury throughout the entirety of the season, suffered in the preseason. He had surgery immediately after the season ended. But then if you so, – so if that if that's right, then why isn't he viewed as an elite talent? Because heading into 2020, before the spinal injury, he was the unanimous wide receiver one. He was an elite prospect getting like Larry Fitzgerald comps. And so one of my models doesn't like him too much. The other loves him. Uh, what he was able to do as a freshman with Trevor Lawrence and all time, maybe the best yards per route run season by any wide receiver in PFF college history. And he did it as a true freshman. Uh, so I, I like me some Justin Ross. What, how do you feel? Oh, I'm right there with you. He's my behind uh, Wondell. He's, he's my other sleeper. And it's ridiculous that I can say that um, because, yes. uh, you know, it, it, the back injury, you take that away and we're, we're talking about him. Like he's one of the top receivers in the class. I mean, right up there with the opportunity to go in the top 12 picks or so. Um, and, and, you know, in the back injury, it looks like it's okay. He's, he hurt his ankle. Um, and then, and then we can't discount the fact that he went from Trevor Lawrence to, you know, a guy that I was, I thought was going to, was going to be a lot better, but you know, we only had a couple of games to, to look at what he, uh, uh, you know, his development. And at that point he looked really good in that DJ ukulele and, and, Man, he he had like one of the one of the worst seasons for a guy that everyone thought was going to have a big season uh, in the country. I mean, he just completely flopped, and it, it really hurt Justin Ross. It also hurt other receivers on the team. They had a lot of guys transfer away just to get away from Ugalele, and um, and that's a shame, man. I, they they show they show there's a there's a um, I can't remember it's if it's Under Armour or Max Preps, or one of them, they have a video where Justin Fields and DJ Ugalele are, are having a throwing competition to see if you can throw the ball the furthest. Ugalele ends up throwing the ball 90 yards. I mean, it's ridiculous. Wow. Uh, it just – anybody who can throw the ball further than Justin Fields is is somebody that, that you know, wow. you know. But then again, he sucked, man. He sucked this year. Awful. He played better at the very end. But there were there was there were certain times there where he was almost benched, and uh, you know it didn't help Justin Ross that he came back and played there played better at the very end because that's that's when Justin Ross was out. He's top seventeen in fantasy points per route against all five, third most fantasy points per route against cover one, and I'm looking at his entire career here. Um, he had a forty seven percent increase to his overall average um, or to his to his yards per route run, um, which is the highest. Um, ninth most yards per target. He uh, he was he was big time man. Um, when when he's healthy, he's uh, he's big time talent. Uh, he beat an Alabama team that had uh, you know a, a defense that was a lot different than the one that we saw this year, which was a good defense, but not as good in the secondary. Uh, when Justin Ross beat this beat the the Alabama secondary, they had like uh, just a ridiculous. Uh, defense on the field and he was just running right past them. Um, I just, I can't discount that. I can't look past the season, the, the, his first two seasons with Clemson. Um, I'm, I'm super excited. Well, his second season is when he got hurt, but you know, before that he, he, he played really well. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a big time believer in Justin Ross here. 
Yeah, he as a freshman, he averaged 4.98 yards per route run per PFF. It's the best ever in their database among power since, which is since 2014. Among power five wide receivers, next closest, Devonta Smith in his final season, 4.39. I think fifth or sixth is C.D. Lamb's final season, 3.99. So like a full point, let, just like absolutely insane. So I, I love making upside wins, championships, picks in rookie drafts, especially when you get to own a player for the totality of their career. So I'm willing, I have a much higher risk tolerance than the average uh, player. And yeah, the the bull case argument with the Justin Ross is so easy and it's not really priced in. Like people are just writing him off as dead. And yeah, so hopefully the medicals check out, but, uh, but I really like me some Justin Ross. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, the Pickens and, and Justin Ross thing. I feel like we're going to be able to get them at a discount because of their injuries and they you know, they didn't have great years this past year. And then I love how that people have just completely overlooked uh, Wandale. I, I hate hearing that you're not, but, you know, it, it's <laughs> it's like this kid was legit and, and he, made, he did it. He looked good doing it too, man. He was – and it's not because I live in Kentucky. I'm not even – I like Kentucky. Don't get me wrong; it's my alma mater. But I'm not a I'm not a, a a Kentucky fan at heart. So it's got nothing to do with that, you know. But man, I love some Wandale Robinson. But yeah, we cannot sleep on Pickens and uh, and Justin Ross here. But the good news is, is we don't have to go out there and use our our first pick to get them. You know, um, we can get them later, maybe even with you know a third or fourth pick, especially That's with insane. with Ross. I, I just love it. Yeah, I I mean I might be pounding the table for Ross in the late first round, depending on uh, on on how everything checks out. But Wes, but you don't want to have to take no, him. No, of course, you know what of I mean? course not. Of course not. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully people don't wise up, but you know, typically they tend to. Uh, so again, folks at home, uh, I think my prospect model and all the content that comes from that is some of the best stuff I do. I think it's going to give you a massive edge for. Dynasty, and even if you just like, you know, the NFL or even redraft helps in redraft and uh, knowing more about the prospects. I think what Wes does with his player prospect uh, articles, uh, some of the best in the space, super in depth, comes off of you know hours and hours of work and, and film film watching and high level data analysis. Uh, so check that out. All of that comes free with a Fantasy Point subscription, and then uh, if you want to purchase the Greg Cassell Draft Guide. Uh, which is very similar, uh, but not from a fantasy perspective. You can do that as well for cheap. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. Wes, anything to add? before we go? The only thing I want to add is just that, you know, and, and and I hope I'm not doing anything wrong by mentioning this. I don't know if we've made the announcement yet. So if you're hearing this, maybe you'll, you'll, uh, you, you'll, you know, be some of the first, but we'll be coming out with a college product this year. Um, and then also um, it's going to have Debbie, Debbie stuff and, um, I'm, I'm real excited about that. And if you've never played in a college or a Debbie league, uh, this would be a great time because, uh, it's going to be me, Kevin Coleman, Josh, uh, Chevalier. And I mean, we're going to, we're going to really give a lot of, uh, of college and, and Debbie content this year. I'm really excited that it's something that I'm going to be able to work on during the week of the NFL season. Of course, I'll be doing all of my NFL stuff as well. 
Um, but it's just really exciting because I love college football so much, and and it, it really really um, uh, it gets me up out of bed. I just I, it, I get real excited when I when I get to work on some college on, to to mix in some college football into my NFL work. It just it gets me really really excited. So I'm really excited to share that with everybody, and 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 I really hope that you uh, you take part. Yeah, Wes is the best in the business when it comes to Devi and college football DFS. And he's clearly really passionate about it. Definitely give that a, a look, especially if you're a Devi guy or big into college football. Uh, really excited about what our company and website is doing this year. So I really hope you'd be a part of it and take advantage of our uh, very steep discount we're currently offering, uh, but expiring soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do some more Dynasty rookie content. Uh, over the next few weeks. So make sure you check that out as well. And thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.